0: This is your favorite time of the week with your number one one podcast, Sports Today with
1: Peter J.
2: Lawrence, looking under pressure, throws wide open, making the catch. Marvin Jones for the touchdown. Lawrence protected well. Going deep, has a man open again. Z Jones for the touchdown. As Allen looks for somewhere to go, and that's to Knox. Oh, it's a oh, touchdown.
3: What a catch for the fifth straight game. On First and 10
2: for the end zone. Oh, it's Gabe Davis. Did he get the feet down? Yes, he did. A little pitch. Barkley looking for a scene. Great cut, Saquon Barkley in for the touchdown. An immediate answer by the Giants. Jones, straight drop over the middle. Man is wide open and it's caught by Slayton. Loop to run, Slayton inside the 35, and he's taken out there. Barkley muscling forward. Barkley, what an effort, and he is in. Touchdown, New York. Second and goal, Brady pulls it down, now throws it, intercepted by Curse, And there is a red zone interception for Tom Brady, his first as a Buccaneer.
0: Was that the last time that we saw or might see Tom Brady in an NFL game? After age 45 season, ending with a loss last week in the postseason against the Dallas Cowboys, who are moving on. To play the San Francisco 49ers this weekend? Maybe, maybe, just maybe, that was the final time that we will see TB12 taking the field in an NFL football game. Welcome to a special 10 a.m. start time on the East Coast of Sports today with Peter J. Of course, I'm Peter J. Mulroy, taking your calls right here on Podbean Live. Those of you who might spread the word and listen to the show later, you can do that on iHeartRadio, Spotify. And then, of course, right here on Podbean, who's been such a great host for us since we made the migration over from the call to this platform. Couldn't have done it without you. And now, for those of you who have Samsung devices, as of yesterday, the show has now moved over to the Samsung podcast platform. It's great. It's taking off. Couldn't have done this without the loyal listeners and the callers. And if you have anything to say, any thoughts, concerns you want to share about this weekend in the NFL or beyond, You can tune in and call in right here on Podbean Live. So a few things to go over. Obviously, this is going to be postseason in the NFL heavy today. We've got really the the marquee game of the weekend will be tonight in Philadelphia. Giants, Eagles, third time this season, Phillies 2-0. They've won 24 of their last 30 games against the Giants. That's total domination. Can the Giants pull it off tonight? Crazier things have happened. It's going to be a tall task. So we'll certainly uh, get into that as well as the other games. Cincinnati-Buffalo going to be a good game. Since he's banged up on that offensive line, we'll talk about that as well. Uh, Jags-Chiefs and then, of course, San Francisco-Dallas. An old-school contest. We used to have Young against Aikman. Now you've got Dak against the rookie, Brock Purdy. Should be a good one. Uh, But we start... DeMar Hamlin, we got the update last week. Home, the news now is he's doing well, but still facing that lengthy recovery. And you know he's going to be watching the games this weekend, specifically that Buffalo-Cincinnati game. Um, got to be gut-wrenching for the young man. But the, the good news is that the recovery continues to go well. And while it's going to be a lengthy one at that, signs pointing up, and that's big. In the world of college basketball, after a 23-year run, with the Fighting Irish. Mike Bray is gonna wrap up his career in South Bend at the conclusion of this season. That's big news. I mean, that was the biggest story of the week as far as college basketball was concerned. Uh, Mike Bray in 28 years as a head coach, five at Delaware, 23 in South Bend. What he did with limited ability, especially early in his career in South Bend, where it was a little more difficult to recruit as opposed to now, He pretty much wiped away the idea that Notre Dame was a football school only. Mm Mm-mm, not anymore. Now, they're bad this year. Leadership quality's down. Mike Bray's refusal to go deep off the bench definitely playing a role in this decision. But listen to these numbers. 481 victories is the most in school history, surpassing the great Digger Phelps a couple years ago. 16-20 win seasons at a football, quote, football-only school. Back-to-back seasons in 2015 and 2016, trips to the Elite Eight, nearly a Final Four in 2015 when they almost took down Kentucky. ACC title that same year in 2015, never been done before, in
4: Notre Dame's second season in the ACC, mind you. National Coach of the Year in 2011. So is it sad? Sure. Is it time? Yes. This is the right
0: thing to do. And now Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director, um, who is no stranger to having to make major hires, tasked with this one. The names you're going to hear, undoubtedly, Ryan Humphrey was a longtime Bray assistant, played for Bray, branched out and took an assistant job at Oklahoma, where he is now. And that gives him different perspective at how college hoops works outside of Notre Dame. You'll hear his name, Martin Inglesby who probably knows the Notre Dame way better than anyone, now the head coach at Udell, got them to the tournament last year, he's definitely gonna get an interview. Fancy name out there, I don't know how realistic it would be. If I'm Jack Swarbrick, I'm picking up the phone, and I know he hasn't coached in the college game since 2019, and he's been in an advisory role in the
4: NBA, but I'm calling John Beeline. I'm picking up the phone, and I'm calling John Beeline. I think that's an interview
0: that has to happen. Now, the sexiest of names that you will hear, it's a lot of baggage. I don't think it happens because of a lot of the baggage that would come with it, good and bad, would be Rick Patino. Don't think that's going to happen. I, I mean, that would send shockwaves through the sports world, not just college basketball. I don't see it. I think the names you'll hear leading candidates would be Orion Humphreys
4: and Martin Inglesby, but I would absolutely pick up that phone and call John Beeline. There would be
0: messaging that you might see on social media. People are undoubtedly going to ask, has the college game passed him? Who cares? Because the last couple seasons in South Bend haven't been great other than last year where they were a brain fart away from going to
4: the Sweet 16. It's bad. It's unwatchable basketball right now. So they're going to have to do something kind of like
0: Maryland did with bringing in um, Kevin Willard from Seton Hall. Young coach, knows the system, knows the game, can recruit.
4: Is it something, could you poach a Porter Moser? Potentially. I don't know. This is going to be an interesting story to track because Bray's going to finish the season, which is the right move. ND's not going anywhere. They stink. But
0: it's definitely going to be interesting to watch this continue and watch this unfold because this is a big deal. It was a big deal when Kelly left the football program to go down to LSU. Panic ensues. Nobody's ever going to... Accused the Notre Dame fan base of being a rational one, myself included, but they made the right hire with Marcus Freeman. Look at the women's basketball program when Muffet McGraw stepped away. Niall Ivey's done a nice job getting that team back to top five, top 10. First year coach a couple years ago had never been a head coach before. Same with Freeman. Both of those are paying dividends. So Swarbrick's not going to be afraid
4: to bring in a first-time hire, be it a Humphrey, for example. Personally, a veteran who might know the ins and outs of a university like ND,
0: I'd be doing backflips if they were somehow able to get John Beeline, which is, by the way, his dream job is to coach
4: in South Bend. It's well-documented. Pick up the phone. And start dialing. Call him. Get John Beeline on the phone and see what you can do. Because that was the biggest news of the week in the college basketball world, and
0: some of the games of note this weekend. I'll give you as I as I pack up the show later on. There's a lot of them this weekend uh, around the NFL schedule, but that was the biggest news. And now Notre Dame's going to be at the forefront of this thing because you're you're going to replace a legend, who in my opinion. Should get consideration for the Hall of Fame. 481
4: victories at Notre Dame. Wildly impressive, and you all know why. Not the easiest place years ago to recruit to for basketball, but
0: I'm telling you, someone like a a Steve Peichel, who might be another uh, interesting person to consider for the for the job, the Rutgers coach. You can recruit. To freaking Piscataway, you'll get kids to go to South Bend. And that's what Notre Dame is faced with now. Who do we bring in who's going to be able to appeal to our smart, educated student
4: body and our fan base who's hungry, but can win and recruit, resonate to the young athlete? a Humphrey, Martin Inglesby, all great names call John Beeline. That's what I'm doing.
0: Call John Beeline. And we'll continue to track it. We'll keep you up to date here as well. But obviously, the big news this weekend revolves around the National Football Week. We get into the divisional round. Going to give you my picks for each game in a little while. This is what it's all about now as we move forward a couple of weeks away from the Super Bowl. And I'll tell you what, the game tonight, for those of you listening live. 8-15 in Philadelphia, Giants-Eagles. Wow. And then you got 49ers-Cowboys. Old-school rivalry. Buffalo-Cincinnati, who know each other well.
4: And then you've got KC, the veteran in all of this, going against the upstart Jaguars. Who at one point in the season, what a
0: remarkable story they are, right? 2-6, and 3-7. and seven, And they finish a 9-win campaign Coming back from a 27 point hole to knock off the Chargers in a complete debacle last week. Now they go to Kansas City.
4: It's a monster spread. I'm sitting all over the cover at nine and a half, by the way. All over that cover for Jacksonville at nine and a half. But as far as the Giants Eagles contest is concerned tonight,
0: you're looking at a Giants team that has had. The most confidence the franchise has seen, the better part of a half decade. Right, go back to 2016. There was never a belief in my mind that that team was going to go into the postseason, go to Green Bay, and win. And of course, they got steamrolled in that contest. Which really, if if you look at the landscape of how the Giants franchise has been from that moment on, it's been awful. That loss to the Packers in 2016 really set that tone, that negative tone, that downtrodden tone of what the franchise would become until the hire of Joe Shane, Brian Dable, Wink Martindale, Mike Kafka. It's culture and it's confidence. The Giants are here because they have a GM who keeps his head outside of his ass, lets his coaches coach. And that instills confidence I know these guys make a ton of money folks, but let me just give it to you from the point of being an educator most of the listeners know that I'm, I'm I'm a school teacher I'm a middle school teacher if you show someone that you legitimately care about them not just as an object not just as a quarterback, not just as the number on the back of a jersey if you show someone that you actually give a damn about them you're gonna get results case in point. What's happened with Daniel Jones? Talent there, absolutely. It was undeniable. Poor decision making, fumbleitis, airmailing receivers, bringing guys like Brian Dable and a Mike Kafka, who, who, by the way, is not getting nearly enough credit for what he's done as a play caller. But what did we hear right when Brian Dable took the job at the beginning of the season? Because this leads into the points we're going to make here with this game tonight against the Eagles. That Brian Dable was going to let, I just want
4: Daniel to let it rip. Just let it rip. You're going to make mistakes, but come out on the other end with more positive
0: plays if you trust yourself. Now, it was tough at the beginning of the season. Daniel Jones not exactly setting the world on fire, but what happened? You're not getting screamed and yelled at. You're not getting yanked out of games late. Your teammates aren't sulking on the sideline every time you make a head-scratching play or decision. There's a difference there. And the fact that the trust was instilled in Daniel Jones to, number one, say he is our guy. We're staying with him. All this crap that you hear in the media is just that. It's white noise. That paid dividends. And look where you are in the playoffs, with a chance to take down the number one seed in the NFC, who's basically been a freight train
4: from week one. A couple of hiccups late, I get it. Philly's good, they're real good. They're the favorite tonight, they should be. But because of good coaching, good decision-making, leadership, the belief that you
0: actually care about the men that you are working with, because people seem to forget that just because you're a coach and you make all this money, and the guys that you're coaching make all this money, you're a coach, you're a teacher, you're an educator, you're a leader, you got to lead by example. That wasn't the case with Joe Judge, who thought he was the second coming of freaking Vince Lombardi. That wasn't the case with Pat Shermer, good play caller, maybe not a good head coach. You know, dare I bring up names like Bill Onsbarger and Ray Hanley. That's, folks, that's how bad things work with the Giants organization, an owner who couldn't get out of his own way, where things that were going on just would not have happened with Wellington Mara. It just would not have happened. It would have been solved. And then finally, John Mara and Steve Tisch got the message, we can't F this
4: up again. Whether it was the Shermer hire, the second go around with Spags, Ben McAdoo, you
0: know, people seem to want to cut Ben McAdoo a break because he said he would want to draft Patrick Mahomes. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, give me a person in in, in the freaking league that wouldn't want to draft Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't make you a genius, you know, and I'm sure on his couch, and by the way, the other thing is two poor GM decisions, especially Dave Gettleman, who I'm sure is sitting down on his couch, you know having a nice glass of wine, maybe puffing on a cigar. Well, I'm the guy who brought in Dexter Lawrence. I'm the guy who brought in Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, congratulations. Because you also had poor decision-making from a free agent standpoint. The absurd James Bradbury contract that the Giants had to dump in the beginning of the year to open up even a minute amount of money to be able to have some wiggle room. Now, of course, Bradbury's having an all-pro year in Philadelphia. Guy's a great player. But this idea that the the road was paved is absurd. The Giants are here because they have a GM and a coaching
4: staff who relate to these guys that they're coaching. That's a big deal. And you want to talk about that the team on the other side of the locker room, the New York Jets,
0: they don't have that. The Giants do, and that's why they're here. There's no dissension here. There's no sulking. There's no hammering guys in the media when you make a bad play. I mean, look what happened last week. Darius Slayton had what could have been a back-breaking killer, season-ending drop. Walks off the field, the first one that meets him with a big bear hug, Brian Dable. There's no yelling, there's no screaming, insulting, shaking your head, laying him out. And what happens? The defense picks it up. Helped by the just poor decision-making of Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who Blows your mind sometimes with the decisions he makes. But they had his back and they got the victory. Not to mention the fact that Darius Slayton had over 85 yards receiving. They're not in that position without him to begin with. The leadership on this team is something that we, quite honestly, haven't seen. You haven't seen it really since the earlier
4: days of the Coughlin regime. With with the Eli Mannings of the world. The OCU Manures of the world. The Justin Tucks of the world. This is a big deal, and I don't think it's a point that is made enough with this Giants team. You have guys that you want to play for because you know they care about you, and they know what they're doing. Yeah, you're going to have a shot to win with the talent that you have. And as a lifelong Giant fan,
0: thick and thin, Folks, I am completely miserable to watch a football game with. I'll be perfectly honest. I'm miserable. I wear it emotionally. But to have been able to watch this season, you know, a week ago,
4: if you asked me how Giants got the Eagles, all right, we're playing with house money. I don't know if I feel that way anymore. I think the way that this team is playing with the swag and the confidence it has can play with just about anybody. And we're going to get our insight into that tonight at what
0: that looks like uh, at 815 in Philadelphia. We have uh, Vinny on the line. We're just bringing him into the chat room. Um, So Vin is on the line. Listen, we're going to break down all of these games, specifically
4: this Giants Eagles game uh, throughout the show. But, uh vin what's up you there all right so while we get vinny in the uh in the uh live call room
0: look this is a this is a game where like i said the, the house money
4: idea i don't know that i carry with me anymore is it a tall task yes is it an impossible task no it isn't this is a game that the Giants
0: can be more than competitive in. Now, as far as picks go,
4: yeah, I'll give you an early heads up. Eagles 30, Giants 27. That's just how I feel about this game. But I hope like hell I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong. But
0: from an objective football standpoint, this is, just, this is a loaded Philadelphia team. Now, both teams come into this game healthy. The only one on the final Giants injury report was Azizo Jalari, And it looks like he's going to go tonight. He's going to suit up and he's going to play. Second on the team in sacks with
4: five and a half behind just Dexter Lawrence to seven and a half. That's huge. So all hands on deck.
0: You come off the emotional 31-24 victory over the Vikings last weekend in Minneapolis. Now, you got the top seeded Eagles on a Saturday night in Philadelphia where you know that fan base is just aching to go ballistic. You dropped two games to the Eagles this season. You've lost 24 of your last 30 against one of your biggest rivals.
4: Game plan tonight is going to be similar from my perspective to last week. You know that this team's got the ability to play well on the road, especially with the confidence the offense is rolling with lately. Embrace the underdog role. And you can do that. Don't turn it over. The Giants didn't turn it over last week.
0: Intelligent football. That's big. You're going to need that even more so. Philadelphia is exponentially better than the Vikings. It's not even a thought. Or that's a fact. The Eagles are light years ahead of where the Vikings are from a talent perspective. And I know they got Cook
4: and Jefferson. Philly's got Goddard, A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders. Oh, by the way, the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, could win the
0: MVP this year. So what you have to do if you are the Giants, defensively, you've got to find a way to limit Brown. And especially Dallas Goddard, the tight end. Last week, if you look at the numbers, 12 catches, a buck 33, and a score for Justin Jefferson. Well, they're going to get one of those top flight receivers again tonight in A.J. Brown. Who's responsible for him? Odori Jackson? Fabian Moreau? You spell him with a Landon Collins or a Tony Jefferson, it's going to be interesting to see. Last week, the area of concern for me, and it's been one all year, is how the Giants defend the tight end. TJ Hawkinson killed him last week, and he killed him on Christmas. 13 catches last week on a buck nine, two scores. He was a nightmare for the Giants' second and third level of the defense. Dallas Goddard is back
4: and healthy now. He can be problematic for this Giants defense, especially with the mobility of Jalen Hurts. So if the Giants can find a way to limit those guys, you're going to have a shot.
0: You've got to improve on third down. Minnesota was 6-13, a shade under 50% last week on third down. That's got to improve. Continue to play stout against the run. You might be okay there. Because the Giants were able to bottle up Dalvin Cook again last week.
4: Different task now with a much more mobile quarterback in Jalen Hurts. And a Miles Sanders. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Offensively, these are no-brainers. You
0: know how effective Saquon Barkley can be in open space. And he can make guys miss. And be effective with the football in his hands out of the backfield and in the passing game but the Jones to Hodgins connection has got to continue. Richie James has been a great pipeline on third down and Daniel Jones with his legs. That is what, that is the plan for success. It seems obvious, I know, but this is how the Giants have to win these football games with the limited resources that they've had. Now, great find, and what we mentioned about good GM, Joe Shane, identifying, the opportunity to go get an Isaiah Hodgins. And wow, has that paid dividends.
4: Shades of Victor Cruz here. How good this guy has been. Get him in the end zone with the way Daniel Jones is playing with that swag.
0: He's confident, folks. I mean, you could just see it. In his release, when he tucks and runs, and I said this last week, you, you, you love the
4: enthusiasm there. But Daniel Jones taking some shots sometime. Scare the crap out of you. Really does. So if you can limit the shots to the body for Jones. You're, you're all right there. As great as he's been. Now, do I think this is the type of game that's going to get away from the Giants? No.
0: I don't know going in as a a seven-and-a-half-point underdog that Philly's just absolutely going to steamroll them. I've seen some of these prognosticators, which is all nonsense, right? Even the picks we—like, you you want our insight into picks, that's great. But nobody knows. I saw one of of these clowns, 34-3, like, what's wrong with you? Where does that even come from? after watching these two teams the last couple of weeks, that the Giants are going to lose by 31 points? Some of these guys that get paid to just spew nonsense, it blows my mind. It really does. Uh, looks like our buddy Joe Jett is here. Joseph, can you hear me?
4: I hear something. I hear him rumbling around.
0: Joe, you hear us? He might not have his headset on. So while we get while we get Joe set up, uh, yeah, you're looking at this contest down in Philadelphia from a completely objective lens. I think Philly wins the game. Game, but I I think it's but I think it's. Oh, you got me. Hello, Peter. Joe, what's up, brother? Hey, man, how's it going? How are you? So listen, I I I saw the other day uh, on socials that we are. Uh, 34 years in running with the United States Postal Service can you hear me what is this guy doing <laughs> oh, Hello. Chad, can, Joe you got me <laughs> this is unbelievable I got immune him for for a little while but yeah like we were saying well well we get uh well we get Joe settled in. Um this is this is where you'll look for the Giants tonight. Some of these blowout predictions are, are are just absurd. But if the Giants can do a better efficient job, a more efficient job, I should say, on third down, and keep that Jones and Hodgins connection alive. I like Daniel Bellinger when they leak him out off the line. This is an opportunity for the Giants. They've got the confidence. It's it's just hard for me to pick against this Eagles team. In this spot. I think it's a close game. And I think it's a fun game. Um, But it's hard for me to just say. Giants go into Philly and beat them. I hope like hell I'm wrong. But I just think the Eagles might be. At this juncture.
4: A little more established. In key areas. But listen.
0: Crazier things have happened, right? Go back to 2007 when the Giants went into Dallas after getting beat twice by him during the regular season, and they come out of there and move on. You got shades of that here. And with a potential matchup next weekend with the Dallas Cowboys, if the Giants are able to win, and then if the Cowboys knock off
4: the 49ers, Wouldn't that be something? That would be storybook. So we'll see. Well and we will see uh tonight. Looks like we have uh
0: Vin on the line. Vin, what's up?
3: Going on, Pete. How are you? Can you hear me?
0: Good, brother. What's going on?
3: Nothing much. I just want to echo a lot of the stuff you're saying about Daniel Jones. It's like if the Giants had Joe Judge this year, they'd probably have five wins again.
0: Hey Vin. I, yeah. I I really think you know how close we were, in my opinion, to still having Joe Judge. If he doesn't run a quarterback sneak on yeah. fourth and nine from his own goal line, I yeah. really think he's still the head coach. I oh. think that was the nail in the coffin.
3: I mean Dable right. Dable and Kafka came in and they just saw what Jones does well. He runs well, he's got a good arm, and they gave him confidence. I mean, if you watch Daniel Jones's first year with Sherma, who you said I, I echo your sentiments, Sherma was a good play caller. Jones had a really good year in his rookie year with Sherma. You
4: he know,
3: did. as soon as these guys came in, I mean, he just went he just went backwards. And it's like you see Jones with Dable, and you see Purdy with Shanahan, and then you see Zach Wilson with Salah. It's it just shows you how much coaching means to a quarterback it's just night and day i mean if put it this way if judge is here jones doesn't get a contract dable's here Jones is going to get a monster contract now yeah you know it's it they have a real they have a real good shot tonight because they are playing they remind me of the team in 11 when they just started playing well at the right time and philly's just not playing great right now they're just i think they got to get on hertz really early they got to put doubt in his head and make him feel like he felt when he was playing last year, which wasn't so great.
0: Well, Those think- are all the, the points that I think a lot of Giant fans have been making where you know Jalen Hurts. I mean, it, it, I thought he looked pretty damn good the last game of the regular season against the Giants. Yeah, he looked but that good. But it doesn't mean he, he, he's 100%. He's still got the, 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 the nagging shoulder injuries, and you know these defenses are gearing up for that. You gotta um, go you gotta go right after his shoulder. You yeah, gotta
3: yeah. you gotta hit him. You gotta hit him hard. You gotta care. The thing they gotta do, the safeties gotta play better for the Giants. The safeties were, the safeties were so bad last week, covering the tight ends, covering the backs out of the backfield. They gotta play better and they gotta keep a spy on Hurts.
0: Yeah, and it's a good point there that you make as far as the safeties are concerned, because Julian Loves had a great season all year. McKinney's back now. The problem yeah. is that second level. Yeah. If, you, if, if you can't have a roving linebacker and it's hard to hang with these athletic tight ends like a like a Hawkinson, uh, even like someone like a Daniel Bellinger or, or, or the top tier of Travis Kelsey's of the world. If you can spell those guys with maybe a Landon Collins or Tony Jefferson, it helps out guys like Micah McFadden and Jalen Smith. But I'm with you. It was a tough task last week. For that giant secondary because yes. they weren't getting much help in the tight end department over the middle of the field and Hawkinson crushed them.
3: You know, it makes me wild. I, I watched the DBs play from now. And I watched them play years ago. These guys just have their backs turned constantly when they change, change that rule. Face guarding. They change the whole way defensive backs play. They all play with their backs turned. Remember how Revis used to play, Lester Hayes. All these—they always had their head on a swivel, watching the quarterback. I I wish some coach would come in and just teach that again, because there's so many interceptions out there. If they play, if they—I just—it drives me crazy when their back is turned and they throw that back shoulder, and all they have to do is turn around. It's an interception.
0: Yeah, and look, and Vinny, listen, we appreciate the call, brother. Um, thanks, Pete. You got it, dude. I, again, it, th- there's all good points there as far as what the Giants need to be able to do. Uh, it, it's You know what you have to do is just, do you have the personnel to do it? And I think we saw again last week some of the problems that do exist with this Giants defense are in that second and third level. Doesn't mean the safeties aren't capable. Love and the healthy McKinney have had a, a spectacular season when they are uh, embedded on the outside by a Dory Jackson and a healthy Fabian Moreau who's had a nice season and even to Jason Pinnock when he comes in. But when you're not getting much help from the linebacker position to cover these tight ends, it's a nightmare. Uh and with that said, uh looks like Joe's back, Joe, can you hear us? Yeah,
1: Peter, how you doing, man? You got me?
0: All right, brother. Yeah, uh good to have you. Listen, I, I, like I said before, congratulations 34 years running with the with the postal service, huh? Yeah, how, how about that, man? How's that? Still that's going. A, that's incredible. Um so listen, we so- we, we talked last week and I know our our picks were relatively similar. You went Vikings. I went Giants here uh, last week. As, right. as far as this game is concerned, uh, listen, I, and I agree with what our caller Vinny just said, the Giants do have a shot tonight. For me, it's just, it's even if Philly is not playing at their best the last couple of weeks, there has been too much good, too many weapons on both sides of the ball for me to feel comfortable picking against this Eagles team. I hope like, hell, Joe, I'm wrong. Sure. But I just think something in the ballpark of thirty to twenty-seven Philadelphia uh, is probably what I would what I would put my cap on.
1: Right. I uh, listen. I, I just want to know. I missed the beginning of the show, so I need to know from you as the giant fanatic that you are. Are you nervous, scared, happy? Like what is your because I don't know what it's like to be in the I was a young man <laughs> when the Jets were last in the playoffs. So please share with the fans
0: how you're feeling
1: like emotionally about this game tonight.
0: Yeah, I think from from like the the, the rational perspective, I mean me I'm i I'm a miserable person to watch the Notre Dame and the Giants with to begin with. So <laughs> My wife and daughter actually have to go to an engagement party in a little bit, hence the the early start time. But, yeah, my my nerves are shot. I've been bouncing (laughs) off the wall since about 730 this morning. I got my first cup of coffee. I plan on having about six more, maybe a couple of adult beverages when 815 rolls around. But, yeah, you know, I think this has been, Joe, this has been such an enjoyable season. And I made the point earlier where I said last week, you know, I legitimately thought the Giants were going to win the game last week. It doesn't make me Nostradamus. A lot of people shared that sentiment. I think Minnesota is a fraud 13-win team. And I don't think they have a very reliable quarterback in Kirk Cousins because he does just some unimaginable things with the football at times. So I was comfortable picking the Giants last week. This Philadelphia team is just loaded. Do I think the Giants can win the game? I absolutely do. Do I think they will? No. I just think the team's a year away. But, I, but I Joe, I love being right. I love it. I mean, I, I thrive on being, being right. I hope like hell I'm wrong and I will be rooting my ass off tonight. I'm going to watch my wife's going out to dinner with some friends. I'm going to watch the game with my daughter who who loves to laugh at my antics at, at five months old. I hope I'm wrong. But to answer your point, Joe, my nerves are shot. I, yeah. I, 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 I I'm, I, I'm off the rails with this. And I think it's, it's compounded by the fact that it is Philadelphia just like it would be in Dallas. And, and look, I, the, the one thing I will say, Joe, is it will spoil my weekend if the Cowboys win. There is no yeah. team on planet Earth that I despise right. in any walk of life more than the Dallas Cowboys. I hate even saying their name. Well, if that brings listen, if the Giants me win, to my next, week, I don't want to play my... Dallas next week because right. I just want them right. to lose now.
1: Okay. Okay. That was going to be my next
0: question. If the Giants win tonight, would you rather play Frisco or Dallas? If the Giants win tonight personally i you wouldn't care right? you're moving on, but the, San Francisco only because I just want Dallas to lose. There's nothing better than a miserable cowboy fan,
1: oh, they're miserable whether they win or lose, so yeah you know, we we know about them, but that's
0: so yeah i as far as if if if, if you're know, foreshadowing if you're looking yeah. forward I, it's it's gonna be a, a tough test because Dallas and San Francisco are two very good football teams. Listen, we can have that conversation. Got to get past Philly first, right? right, right so, right. Wh- who do you like tonight in the game? We got two games today, two on Sunday for those listening live. You want to talk about the Giant game first? Yeah. What What do you got there? What do, What do you foresee this evening?
1: You know, when when the when the spread came out, I looked at it at seven and a half. And my first reaction is they're begging you to take the Giants with seven and a half because yes. the Giants are hot. You know, like it yep. looks like a big number, doesn't it? But you know what? How about this for all the Giant fans out there? For you, Peter, I was wrong last week with the Vikings. I will take the Eagles tonight, okay? Just because you know, yeah, you know, <laughs> I could be wrong numerous times. Yeah, it'll help yeah. the Giant fans if I take the if I take the Eagles. Tonight, I'm going to take the Eagles laying the seven and a half, and we'll see what happens.
0: You're doing, you're doing the reverse mush. You're, try, the, you're trying to take the negativity and, well, and make it positive. I love it. <laughs> right,
1: it worked with Minnesota. It worked with Minnesota last week, and maybe for all the Giant faithful, it'll work this week going into the Eagle game tonight.
0: So, and and listen here, you're talking about spreads. The other game will, will be the first one for those listening live uh, Saturday night, four thirty p.m. on the East on NBC. Jacksonville going to Kansas City you talk about big lines I know Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence looked terrible the first two and a half quarters of the game last week when they got in a 27 nothing hole I, at nine and a half Joe I'm having a tough time not swallowing that up I don't think Jacksonville's going to go in here and get steamrolled I really don't
1: um, you know, this is another game now. I saw now I know Kansas City's one of the worst teams in the NFL at covering. I think they were third worst in the league, if I'm not mistaken, on covering okay. the spread. So I know they're bad, but you know what? I have a bad this is this might be a little old. Remember they were down twenty-seven nothing. To the yeah. Chargers at yes. home going into Arrowhead, that house of horrors. I don't think this is a good spot for Jacksonville. I think you know what, they want a playoff game. They going this is just routine as usual for the Chiefs, you know, divisional round every year. I like Kansas City and Kansas City to handle, you know, to handle this uh, pretty easily,
0: honestly. Uh, I mean, score wise for this for, you know, Giants Eagles, give me something in the ballpark of 30 to 27 Eagles. I like Kansas City to win this game this afternoon at 4:30 also. Uh, to the tune of a 28 20 game. So there would be that nine and a half line for the Jaguars getting that if my predictions held up. I, I just, right. I, I agree with you on the, the money line side of Kansas Kansas City winning this game. I, I just think it's going to be a little good. Trevor Lawrence, I don't think, is going to throw four interceptions again. I, <laughs> I, I just, I don't think that's going to happen. Now, the, the hostile environment going in there after hosting uh, a playoff game, uh, it's its going to be a little different. But right. I do like the, the veteran leadership of Doug Peterson, who I don't think gets enough credit. Uh, I, it, was, it was bizarre the way he was seemingly run out of Philadelphia. Um, and I know it's worked out for them and it's worked out for Peterson, what he's done with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. I, I, this is too tall of an order, I think, for, for Jacksonville. But I, I, I do foresee this being a little closer than probably most people uh, would think. But, Joe, let me ask you this. From from a, from your perspective as being a lifelong involved Jet fan, and we've seen some boneheaded coaching decisions, let's use Rob Sala's clock management or lack thereof in the Detroit game, and then compare that to Joe Staley's decision-making last weekend for L.A. Oh. I mean, oh. it, I mean – there were similarities there and not good ones. Right. Eckler gets the ball, what, 10 times after the first half? Yeah, almost I mean... Running you know, back in the game the ball 10 times. And, he right. and, then, and then the way that they get rid of the OC with, with shades of LaFleur where it almost looked like, hey, you know what, Staley, you're absolved. Rob Sala, you're absolved. Let's just go... The O.C.'s out the door. And I, I, I was blown away. The similarities there were too good for me to not bring up to you. Do you agree? Oh, yeah.
1: no, you, know, you know, these young coaches, you know, when they get into these playoff games and things, for some reason their minds get a little haywire, such as what happened in that Dolphin-Bills game with McDaniel. Remember they had a third and 18 from their own, like, nine-yard line. They made yeah. this guy throw, run the ball, punt it. No, he throws an interception. Yes. Buffalo scored on the drive and the game was virtually over from that point on. You know what I mean? They make these bad decisions at the wrong time. It's just lack of experience. That's all it is. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, there were instances last week where, you know, third and fourth down with Brian Day was going for it. And I thought they made sense. It's you're on pins and needles there, but those are justified. Some of the things, and that's a great point that you make Joe, because I, I've heard some make it in the past. It's, it's like these guys need the satisfaction of being the smartest guy in the room where you can just do the conventional things sometimes, and that's okay. It's okay at midfield sometimes on fourth and one to punt the ball. It, that's okay to do that sometimes. You don't have to throw a bomb on third and 15 all the time. And I, and I think, and again, what you just said is accurate where they just try to really reinvent the wheel at the detriment of yep. the situation that they're in, the opportunity that they have, and really at the moment of the game, and, and I yep. and I think Miami got burned by that last week. I think McDaniel is a good young head coach. I think he's done a great job, especially with all the nonsense they went to with uh, with with Tua. Um, but the, the Joe Staley stuff to, to scapegoat the offensive uh, coordinator, you know what Dean Spanos is doing is is almost similar to, to Woody Johnson. They run these franchises like they're their own personal candy store. And, and, you know, and it really is is at the detriment to the team and the fan base. I was really blown away with how L.A. handled that um, last weekend. And, and, and it reminded me of kind of what the Jets have done.
1: Right. You know, I always look things, Peter, from the fan perspective of sports, you know, being such a big fan of the Jets and the Rangers and so on. And if I was a Charger fan last week, I wouldn't have slept for a month. I mean, to lose that game that they had and they just mismanaged the clock, they're throwing the ball around, like, how does it even happen? Yes. You know, we saw the Falcons do that in the Super Bowl. You think other teams, you got a big lead, run it. Let them use timeouts. Get this game over with. The clock is your friend. But like you said, these coaches' egos get in the way. They're a young coach. They get a little haywire, and you make one or two wrong decisions. That's how you lose
0: games. Yeah, I'm with you. It's just some head scratching things. Uh, we'll we'll get to see some good coaching this weekend, obviously. And, and let's take a look at Sunday's slate as well. Cincinnati yep. goes to Buffalo, and you know I'm 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 going over these picks yesterday. I'm at school, and you know at 2:30 comes, and I hang back, and I'm going over my notes for the show. This, that, and the other thing. I'm sitting on 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 Cincinnati outright winning the game, Joe, and then you get this news that the Bengals are going to be without their starting left tackle Jonah Williams and their starting right guard Alex Kappa for this game. They are not playing at all. They're not just not starting due to a light injury. They're out. That is devastating for an offensive line that wasn't all that great to begin with. Uh, this is a Cincinnati team that when they're healthy, Joe. I I just, I don't know how you stop the Burrow to Higgins or a Boyd or Jamar Chase. He's got a two-headed monster in the backfield with Mixon and Pirine. But now you've got these glaring holes on the offensive line. I've got to go Buffalo now. And I like it somewhere to the tune of close game, yes, 28-24. This banged up Cincinnati O-line scares the crap out of me up against that Buffalo Bills defensive line, which we know is devastatingly good.
1: Right, you know what Peter? I kind of agree with you here. I'm going with Buffalo myself. Um but man, you know they haven't been re- there's some Josh has been throwing some picks. We saw him do it against the Jets. The Jets could have beat them twice this season. We only yeah. beat them once. Yeah. They didn't play good against Miami. They had that 17 nothing lead, let them crawl back into the game. You know, I- I'm going to go with Buffalo cuz they're at home. Chip on their shoulder, and yeah, you're right. Cincinnati, a little banged up. The Buffalo D should rise up, be able to get after Burrow, and just because they're home, really, I'll take Buffalo. What is it, five points? Right, get five and a yeah, half. Yeah, I, I think I like saw that. last
0: one on DK it was five and a half.
1: Right, I, I'll take Buffalo and lay it to win by a touchdown. You know, like 28 21 something to that effect.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I still think it'll be a close game, but it, it there's just not enough for me not to pick Buffalo. Uh, that's a Sunday, 3 o'clock on the East, and that'll be your CBS game. The weekend comes to a head. Dallas goes to San Francisco Sunday night for those listening live, 6.30 on the East Coast. That is your Fox game on Sunday, Uh, just objectively, because by now, the the, the loyal listeners, again, we're, we're now on the Samsung platform. That's not possible without all of you, so thank you again uh, for all of that. Not just because I like to see Cowboys fans be miserable. And yes, this is me being bitter. But objectively, I just like what San Francisco's been cooking up on both sides of the ball. Close. I like the Niners 27-21 here. I think this is really where you're going to see how good Christian McCaffrey is on the national stage.
1: Yep. There's no doubt about it. And isn't it like... We have to see Dallas, San Francisco. It brings you back, you know, Montana the clock, you know, uh, the Steve Young game, uh, uh, yeah, you know, with Aikman, men. It's just classic, you know. The star and the nine is. It's just, it's just great. It's just great football. But um, you know what I said at the beginning? I said San Francisco is the best team in the tournament. Yeah, you know, So I'm sticking with Frisco, and I told you on the show last week about how terrible Tampa Bay was. So I'm not getting crazy that Dallas went in there and slammed yeah. them. Tampa Bay was probably the worst team in the tournament, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. They were good. Rec- record aside, they they, they looked terrible last right. week. And I thought, thought that game things. would be close. Yeah. Wow, was I wrong. <laughs>
1: right. Brady wanted out. You know, it, it was just Todd Bowles. I had a look at his face. <laughs> I know it all too well. You know, so I'm going with the Niners at home. They're stocked, they're loaded, and they got to come after Dak, and and we'll see. It should be a good game, but I still like the Niners with Brock Birdie, mind you, to get it
0: done. Yeah, he's been. It's been a great story here, and and all all this this kid is doing is just legitimizing his future, whether right? be it in San Francisco or elsewhere. I mean, this is not game management here. He's getting the ball out. He's getting it to his playmakers. I mean it. it A hell of a lot easier to do that when you have somebody like Debo Samuel who can run and catch the ball. But this this offense has actually taken off a bit more, if you can imagine that, from where they thought they were in the beginning of the season with Trey Lance. Then he gets hurt, go to Garoppolo. Now he gets backed up, and now your quarterback is the last pick of the draft out of Iowa State, and all the kid's done is win. Yep. Yep. And
1: And you know what? Isn't it great to be surrounded by talent like that yeah, the, the pressure on him is minimal at best.
0: Yeah, and and nope. I and I think that's that's sometimes that's a, that's a good point you make. I, I think sometimes um, even Giant fans seem to forget. I mean, you could talk about it, the idea that Jones's weapons outside of probably just Saquon Barkley aren't spectacular, and I know Hodgins has been great, but instead of focusing on that, let's not forget that the Giants are winning games. Maybe Daniel Jones is capable of putting the team on his back and carrying them. I don't think, you know, similar with Brock Purdy. I mean, he's playing with all this swag and confidence. It reminds me a little bit of what, what's going on uh, in New York with Daniel Jones. I think those similarities are there, and I think they're pure. I really do. Plenty of
1: similarities. This is why we watch the games. It'll all unfold after this weekend, and nothing better than Championship Sunday. You know, it's my second favorite day of the year besides the Super Bowl next week. So we'll see who stands and we'll see who falls, Peter.
0: Hey, Joe. So Vinny, our our caller from earlier, our buddy Vinny, types in the chat that we're so wrong, the Cowboys are the lock of a week. All that tells me, San Francisco by a million. Send it (laughs) in, my friend. Send it in. Hey, we got a we got another caller on the line. Uh, uh, Steve wants to chime in. Let's get him in. But listen, it, it, it looks like we're, you know right down the line with this. I I think this is going to be a great weekend of football, and I and I like the old school nostalgia feel with the Niners uh, and and the Cowboys, the Giants and the Eagles. I mean, there's just so much to like about this weekend. And I mean, if you enjoyed last weekend, I mean, the slate of the four games to 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 take us into conference championship weekend. I mean, if you're a football fan, even even if you are a, a, a basic football fan, this is this is awesome. I mean, this is what it's all about.
1: Yes, it is, Peter. This is what it's all about. So, listen, my man, enjoy the game tonight. All the luck, really, you know, from a Jet fan to one Giant fan. Wish you the best, man. Enjoy the game tonight, all right?
4: Thanks.
0: Thank you, all Joe. Right, I'll Peter. talk to you next week, brother. You got it. we Will do. All right, we got the uh, – Steve on the line. Steve, what's up, brother?
2: Hey, Pete, how you doing?
0: All right, man, what's going on?
2: Well, I am just listening to you. Um, I I don't know why you're so nervous. I'll tell you right now, I think the Giants can do really well tonight. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Barkley out of the backfield, uh, Jones scrambling, and... uh, you know, I think Hurts is one hit away from just you know getting really knocked out of that game. So, yeah, I I, I really like the Giants tonight. And I mean, as far as I'm Daniel nervous. Jones goes, <laughs> I'm just saying as far as he goes, you know, after he wins tonight, he's really going to look good in a Jet uniform next year. I'm just going
0: to you know let you know that right now. <laughs> if <laughs> if the Jets want to throw the world at him, then yeah, he's gone. But I, from the perspective take of being nervous, I I'm nervous because I'm irrational. I'm with you. I mean, I th- I think this has got. Uh, you know, close game written all over it. The Hurts point you make is great. Uh, I mean, he's as tough as they come. I mean, it, just, a, you know, from a, not watching the Eagles every single week and watching highlights and catching the games that I was able to catch, the toughness, the way, the style of play that if you've seen Jalen Hurts this year at his best, it's just great. It's enjoyable football. I mean, I think he's very deserving of the MVP nods that he's going to get, it's probably going to go to Patrick Mahomes. But if I had a vote for the MVP, I'm probably going to vote for Jalen Hurts. But yeah, if he gets nailed the wrong way with that shoulder, you got to be careful. But here's the thing, Steve, and I think the Giants have this too uh, with Tyrod Taylor. That's why it's important to have a legitimate backup quarterback, and Philly's got that with Gardner Minshew. So we'll see. So you like the Giants tonight? Oh,
2: absolutely. I I, I think they're going to win by probably... I would say ten points. Wow! Yeah, I think you you know. Listen, your secondary is getting better. It's getting healthy, and every week it's getting healthier. And I think that's going to be a big difference. I I don't think they're going to be able to throw the ball around like they did the last couple of times against the, you know, against the Giants. And you know, you got X Men really, you know, three weeks now. I guess from being that injury coming back and getting healthier every uh, week. Uh, I like the Giants, and I'm, you know, obviously I'm a Jet fan. I'm not a Giant hater. But if I'm putting my mad money somewhere, it's going on the Giants tonight.
0: Oh, well, listen, that's a, uh, and Steve, we appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, listen, that's uh, the the point you get there from Steve. Uh, Giants by ten. I mean that that's confidence. Uh look, there's just been the sample size for me again has been enough to say, yeah, I, this Philly team is legit. Now, uh, those of you who were with us on the call a couple of weeks ago, when I was talking with Mike Carrera from jump mike was all over san francisco in the beginning of the season and that was if you remember when san francisco was teetering hovering around 500 they had some quarterback issues jimmy garoppolo running out of the freaking back of the end zone in denver which was one of the worst football games you could collectively ever see in your life and by the way six of the worst games i think i've ever seen from a football perspective all revolved around the denver broncos this year um but as far as san francisco is concerned and Pereira still on that niners bandwagon I still think they are the team to beat in the NFC. But Philly is going to have something to say with that. You can't totally dismiss the Dallas Cowboys, obviously. And, folks, you're not not – there's eight teams left. If you would have told me at this point in the season, what is it, January 21st, the divisional round of the playoffs,
4: that there's eight teams left and the New York Giants are one of them, I would have fell down backwards. Called you crazy. And it's the love that I have for this Giants franchise my entire life.
0: I love this team. I love this franchise. They piss me off to no end, especially in the last six, seven years, with some of the decision-making they've made. But there's eight teams left in the tournament, and the Giants are one of them. Yeah, you're not dismissing them either. I hope like hell I'm wrong tonight. I really do. But this Philadelphia team has been too good the entire season. Crazier things happen? Sure. Go back to the 07-08 run the Giants made. The 1112
4: 12 run they made. You get to this point, you're beating good teams. Got to do it again. And we'll see tonight at
0: 8-15. So just to recap, Jacksonville goes to Kansas City. For those listening live tonight at 4:30 East Coast start. That's your NBC game. Give me the Chiefs 28-20 over the Jags. Giants tonight, 8-15. That's your Fox game. I think we're getting Joe Davis, by the way. And for those of you who follow the game of broadcasting, play-by-play, play, you all know I'm a big Joe Buck guy. I think he calls a great game. If you haven't really paid attention, if it's Joe Davis tonight on Fox, the guy's the best in the business. Nobody calls a better game than this young guy, Joe Joe Davis. He is phenomenal. And I don't think we get the Burkhart-Greg uh, Olson uh, combination. By the way, if you want to play a good drinking game with your friends, put on a Fox game that Burkhart and Greg Olson are calling and take a sip of alcohol every time Greg Olson says the word kinda. You'll be smashed before the end of the first quarter. So if you want to have a little fun with that. Uh, But if you get Joe Davis, um, the guy's phenomenal. And I think that's the team, Davis and Moose Johnson, uh, for the Fox game tonight. Giants go to Philadelphia. In this ballpark, Eagles 30, Giants 27. Hoping like hell I'm wrong. Tomorrow, for those listening live, the Sunday slate, 3 p.m., 6.30 on the East Coast. You get the Cincy Buffalo 3 p.m. start on CBS. I guess that'll be Nance Romo. I like Bills 28, Bengals 24. I had Cincinnati pegged as my winner yesterday when I was going over my notes. Then the news came out that they were down two starting offensive linemen. Jonah Williams, who's a good left tackle. And Alex Kappa, the veteran right guard, they're out. That's a problem. It would be a problem for anybody. It's an exponentially bigger problem for Cincinnati with it's an, uh, an offensive line that isn't that good to, to begin with. It's a close game since he plays well on the road, but I like Buffalo at home, 28-24. Dallas goes to San Francisco. I'm going to go Niners here. And it's not because I
4: hate the Cowboys, which I do. Dallas good team. Dak Prescott played very well last week, but he's not
0: absolved from doing silly things with the football either. 49ers 27, Cowboys 21. I think for a lot of people who hadn't seen it over the years, you know, I mean if you're a fantasy football player, he's a top 3 pick every year. You you probably have the opportunity now on a national scene 6:30 Sunday night on Fox to see how good Christian McCaffrey is. And he's going to go up against a very good Dallas front. A very good Dallas defense overall, uh, in my opinion. But I just I like what San Francisco's got working on both sides of the ball. Purdy playing with that confidence. Give me the Niners 27-21 to move on. And I like them to play the Eagles in the NFC Championship next weekend. And I like uh, Buffalo to meet Kansas City um, in the AFC Championship. A game that would be played, uh, if that is the matchup, in Atlanta, because remember, uh, Buffalo and uh, went into this contest, much like the Bengals, who they played in that DeMar Hamlin uh, when he went into cardiac arrest game, playing one less contest uh, than everybody else in the league because the game was never resumed. So they have the alternate site. Should that be the AFC championship that was decided that's going to be uh, the Mercedes in Atlanta um, should it come to that next weekend in the AFC Championship. So that's sort of how I see this weekend unfolding. Now, that does not mean that I want to be right, right? There's between being right, passionate, and being objective. The sample size for Phillies is enough for me that I just think they have a little bit more than the Giants. All right, Giants did a really good job last week bottling up Dalvin Cook, and it was the second time that they did that. Now you've got a mobile quarterback in Jalen Hurts and a good young running back in Miles Sanders. Very few teams in the league can pair up or, or stack up against that Giants front four. It, it, especially when with Ojolari coming off the edge, Thibodeau coming into his own. There's not a better defensive tackle in the league than Dexter Lawrence. And Leonard Williams, when he's playing hot, is, is, is a force to be reckoned with. Tough test tonight. If you can bottle those guys up, Giants are going to have more than a shot. So that's how I I like this weekend to go. And I just want to wrap up um, with a couple things as far as uh, news and notes. All right. Obviously, what I'm looking forward to this weekend, the NFL playoffs. Right. It goes without saying. Where the other things I'm interested in this weekend stem with college basketball. Anybody that's followed this season, Knows how good this Houston team is. All right, they're the number one team in the country, 18 and 1. What they've done on the hardwood this year, I mean, they've got to be the favorite come tournament time. Marcus Sasser, one of my favorite players in the game. You've got a good slate of college hoops this weekend in addition to the NFL. Number 17, Miami, goes to Duke. Duke, I noted, going through the changes with John Shires, the head coach, taking over from Coach K. Playing well at home. Noon start. For those listening live today on ESPN, that's going to be a fun one. TCU, the 14th ranked team in the country, goes to Kansas. Number two in the country. Just lost an OT thriller to a really, really good Kansas State team uh, earlier in the week. That's going to be a fun one. Again, for those listening live, that game is today, 1 p.m. on East on CBS. I love this one. Saturday, 2 p.m. on ABC. Number five, UCLA. The Fighting Mick Cronins. Go to number 11, Arizona. You want to see scoring? Watch this game. Alabama, the number four ranked team in the country. I think this team is final four good. They're the only team this year who's beaten Houston. I think Nate Oates' club is final four good. They go to a good Missouri team 6 p.m. tonight. That'll be on the SEC Network. Maryland goes to Purdue tomorrow, Sunday. That's the FS1 game around the football slate. And then you get 2 p.m. on the ACC network today. Boston College goes to Notre Dame. Two very uninspiring teams this year. Why is the game significant? Because it's the first time Notre Dame is going to play since the Mike Bray announcement. Again, I said it at the beginning of the show. After 23 years with Notre Dame, 481 victories, 620 win seasons, an ACC title, back-to-back Elite Eight runs in 2015 and 16. Mike Bray is stepping away from the Notre Dame uh, basketball program. Um, it's time, it, it puts a lump in my throat um, for how good this guy's been with some of the limited basketball resources that they had. You know, people think of Notre Dame when well, they got all the money in the world, you gotta recruit. You know, God rest his soul, my dad used to say, it's hard to recruit even to Notre Dame because it's a cold weather school. And we used to say it all the time. If you're looking for aesthetics and, and you know, Athletics first, which shouldn't be. Student come before athlete, right? That's the way it should be. And, you know, I'm not trying to be the get off my lawn guy here when I say that. That's just why I firmly believe that. But where are you going to go? You're going to go to South Bend, Indiana, or you're going to go to South Beach, Miami? Duh. Right? So, with the limited resources there, if that's what you were fighting against, it was an uphill battle. And Mike Bray did it wonderfully. He's going to be missed. Like Digger Phelps, I'm sure he will still be around this program after taking some absence. Mike Bray's made for TV. If he decides to that you know, coaching he's done with it. And as I as I said earlier, what are you looking at? Some names. Ryan Humphrey gonna get an interview now, an assistant coach in Oklahoma, so he's got perspective. Leaving the program, one of the one of the greats in the in the Mike Bray era. Ryan Humphrey, as tough as they came. Martin Inglesby, the U Delaware coach. Mike Bray's old school coached for five years before taking the nd job in 2000 will certainly be a candidate if i'm doing one thing and i said it before i don't know if it's going to happen i know it's his dream job i know he hasn't coached in the college games in 2019 and i know he's 70 years old you've got to make a phone call to john beeline it has to happen jimmy laranega over at miami His name was floated. He's got a good spot. He's got a really good uh, Miami team. Top 20 right now. They they play Duke later today. I think that's out. Are you poaching someone like a Porter Moser from Oklahoma? I don't think so. I think Inglesby, Humphrey, and then please, Jack Swarbrick, pick up the phone and call John Beeline. So, listen, this was a great show. All of you called in. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, It was a fun one. We'll do it again next weekend in the usual start time of 11 a.m., and it's going to be conference championship weekend. And hopefully, we're still talking about Big Blue. Hopefully, we still got Big Blue next weekend, either against San Francisco or Dallas. Yeah, I want the Giants to win. I've been a ride-or-die Giant fan my entire life, but it would be awesome also if the Dallas Cowboys lost nothing makes me happier. The Giants winning one, yes, and then my 1A when Dallas loses. It's just so great to listen to that fan base, hiss and moan, and come up with all the excuses as to why their team failed yet again. So, with that being said, thank you for joining us. Those who want the replay can get it right here on on Podbean. Uh, You can subscribe on Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and now the Samsung platform. All the callers, I love you. I appreciate it. Couldn't have got on these platforms without you. I'll talk to you all again next weekend, 11 a.m. live right here on Podbean. It's Sports Today with Peter J. Enjoy the games, everybody. I'll talk to you next weekend.
4: Sports Today with
1: Peter J.